0: Welcome, everyone, to the Neal World Order Podcast. Another chilly Saturday night here in Wisconsin. going to start this off by apologizing. Um, this was supposed to be the first episode with uh, some other guests on. Uh, there was an audio problem yesterday, last night. I continued to struggle to try to figure out the problem. Uh, pretty late into the night last night, and then even today, and I'm still kind of dumbfounded as to why um, I couldn't get the audio from my uh, video conference host to work. Uh, and I, I did it in a test phase, and I never got to work, so I didn't want to sh- have uh, my co-host come on and then not be able to do anything. So I apologize for that. That's still something we're going to do. i um, just going to have to look at the do some troubleshooting, and honestly, I'm actually stumped, because I did everything it told me to do, it's the exact same thing I had done in the past, and it just didn't work, uh, different computers, uh, I'm gonna try tablets, um, so yeah, there's, uh, that's why you, you're, you're just stuck with me tonight, so... I apologize. I had envisioned this being the beginning of something great today that's still going to happen. We're still going to evolve. It's just a question of getting the technology to cooperate, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, The world is a vampire. If you grew up in the 90s, you know that lyric. Maybe if you're just a fan of good music, you know that lyric. Uh, The Smashing Pumpkins were a huge 90s band. Perhaps Bullet with Butterfly Wings was their biggest hit. Uh, Hard to say. Uh, They sold over 30 million albums globally. They were kind of part of the grunge underground era in the 90s. uh, Fronted by Billy Corgan. The band managed to kind of have their own sound in an era, I think, where a lot of bands kind of sounded the same or went for like the exact same sound. I mean, I know throughout the 90s, they were dubbed the next this, and you know, the next Pearl Jam, the next Nirvana, the next Alice in Chains, you know, even though their sound was completely unique from any of those bands, um, you know, they would evolve with each release, which I always think is is cool when bands do, sometimes bands do it too much, i.e. Radiohead, and it just gets weird, and they kind of just go off the deep end, but, you know, maybe that's just because there's so much musical talent there that Tom York I, I, I don't know. Um, the apex of the Smashing Pumpkins albums would probably be the double album, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Honestly, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. And it usually appears on like every top 100 list for like greatest rock albums or greatest albums of all time. It's kind of crazy. I was sitting here thinking that it was released <laughs> 26 years ago, almost to the day. Uh, sold over 10 million copies so that's like a third of you know all the albums they sold was one album. Uh, and it kind of pushed the band and you know frontman Billy Corgan into like the elite status into like top tier you know mainstream. I think they were always they were always huge you know when they first rolled out years before that. but I think this kind of catapulted them into that next level. You know, the album had the hits like Bullet With Butterfly Wings, Zero, which launched t-shirt sales all over the country. I think every mall you'd walk into some store and they had the Zero t-shirt that he wore in the Bullet With Butterfly Wings video. 1979 was on that album, Tonight Tonight, 33. Um, The whole record was really good. Um, You know, and it was kind of unheard of at the time to release a double album of like all new material. And, you know, not be like B-sides or rarities or just live track. It was literally all new material. Um, You know, and this was after the Pumpkins had kind of burst on the scene with their first release. Uh, I Actually, I think Siamese Dream was their second release. The first release was an indie label thing. Um, That was in 1992. It had breakout hit Cherub Rock, which was like one of those buzz hits when MTV used to show videos and they would you know, BuzzVids, or they called them something like that, and they would, like, play the video, like, once an hour or something, like radios do with music now. Disarm was on there, um, which was actually covered by, uh, the Civil Wars, and they did a really cool cover of it. Smashing Pumpkins, also in their repertoire, have an amazing cover of Landslide by, uh, Fleetwood Mac. I think it was released on, like, a import see it was like b-sides it was like pisces and dyscariot or something like that it's kind of hard uh album to find i I know somewhere i have a cd copy of it like the actual cd not like a copy of the cd um and then as well as the song today like today is the greatest it was just like kind of a cool song Um, funny story about the song today wow this is good this is going way back because it was on my 18th birthday. Uh, I was in Nashville with some friends, Keith and Chris. Uh, I, I'm honestly not sure what we were doing in Nashville. There might have been some kind of... Uh, they used to do some kind of thing on Broadway, like Broadway Lights or something. It was kind of like a... Not a festival, but... I can't. We used to go every year, and I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember what even happened at it. But anyways, we ended up at the Deja Vu Strip Club. And I actually did not want to go because I was worried they would think my ID was fake because it was actually my birthday. Um, But the guys thought it would would be funny. Um, And I think we were just bored, and it was kind of one of those things where maybe none of us had ever been. I know um, I had never been. So anyways, we go in. They look at my ID, and the guy's like, oh, it's your birthday. And he goes, all right, I'm going to hold on to this, meaning my driver's license. Um, you know, and I'm a little like, okay, well, you know, I've never, I've never been at this point. I've never been to a strip club. So I had no idea what to expect, what that meant. So they let us in, we go sit down. Um, so I, literally no idea what to expect. So there's girls going up on stage dancing and all that. They actually had, uh, Tiffany Minx, who's a porn star as a feature dancer. Um, some time passes and, they say they have a treat for someone tonight, like this guy comes on stage with a mic, and he's like, the guy on stage then calls out my name. You know, and I'm kind of reluctant, I'm in disbelief, you know, and they asked me to come up there. So I'm just kind of sitting there, and somebody's like, oh, I'll be him, you know, whatever. And honestly, it was, I know it's hard to believe, but I was like, I don't know if I want to go up there. So I go. He has me sit in this chair. Uh, I believe he has me sit on my hands, or they do something with my hands behind the chair. bear with me, it was a long time ago, As I'm 46 now. Um, Wow, that's really fucking old. And so then he brings all the girls on stage. They tell everyone it's my birthday. Uh, I believe they sing Happy Birthday, and all the girls are out there. And he looks at me and says, Happy Birthday, enjoy this. And he walks off, and they start playing Today by the Smashing Pumpkins. And I get, like, I don't know, a 30-second lap dance from, like, every girl in the place, including porn star Tiffany Minks. Um, They put a pair of panties on my head, like, deja vu panties. It wasn't off of somebody. It was just, like, something they sell, like, I don't know, on my head. Um, You know, I'm pretty sure they didn't come off of anyone. Like I said, this was almost 30 years ago. And then they do this, this is really going to do it, they all bend over and like slap their bottoms in front of me and someone takes a Polaroid, which actually still exists, Um, sort of, I guess. It was in a box of random shit I had left at my parents, uh, and my dad had showed it to me a few years ago. Uh, He had it out, he has this, he calls it a garage, but it's like a building, you can fit like four cars in it, there's it's, you could live, it's bigger than some people's houses. Um, and you know, I was like, throw that out. I don't need that. But it it was kind of funny, you know, and I just kind of laughed and I, I laughed thinking about it now. So, you know, anytime I hear today about the smashing pumpkins, I think, I think about that, that night and, uh, hanging out with those guys. I miss those two guys. Um, Chris, Keith, I hope you're well. Um, friends with him on Facebook. I don't think we correspond a lot, which is weird because Keith and I were kind of like Siamese twins there for a while. I think he was my Scott before there was a Scott. Um, Side note to uh, Smashing Pumpkins, singer Billy Corgan actually took ownership of NWA Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, in 2017. He's a huge wrestling fan. I believe over the years he was involved with, uh, you know, Other promotions, indie promotions, Um, our boy Nate of Hanson Screen Printing at HansonScreenPrinting.com actually does a lot of the t-shirts for some of the NWA uh, superstars, wrestlers, if you will, um, which is pretty awesome. Uh, You know, when I was a kid, the NWA was like my favorite wrestling on like TBS Saturday Night, like Ric Flair, the Rock and Roll Express, Dusty Rhodes, the Midnight Express, Road Warriors, Lex Luger. Um, all the old school guys, you know, back then that was, I was always a bigger mark for that, I think than WWE, WWEF, whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, so that I'm sure a lot of you know, who the Smashing Pumpkins are, but like I said, sometimes music just comes to me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've never talked about this. So it seems like one of the, th- the big stories in the news this week or at least one of the big talking points, and we, we've we talked about this before, is, like, supply chain issues. Um, funny, thinking about that, I actually, we were stopped and had to wait for a train with, like, a million containers going... Like, I hadn't been stopped by for a train crossing, and I, I can't tell you when. It was probably the same same town I was in tonight. Uh, but the last time it happened, but it's been a while. But... You know, I've been seeing all kinds of different takes and stories on it. Um, You know, I've seen everything from be prepared for toy shortages at Christmas to demand for materials may stop housing market surge. You know, and they have all these reporters standing in empty aisles at different stores or talking with the mom-and-pop owners about this crisis. You know, and here's the crazy thing about it. And there are empty shelves. Like, there's no... You know, this may be one of the few things the media is actually selling us straight on. But, like, it's a different, I think, problem than what, you know, they're trying to sell us. I think, I believe it's more logistical. You know, like I've said before, I don't, you know, it's, we know for a fact there's over a thousand freighters that are not being allowed to dock in California. And I believe it's, like, in the Long Beach area. And then here's here's something to think about. Each one of those freighters carries an average of 21,000 containers on it. Now multiply that by just a thousand ships. There could be 200,000 ships out there, you know, that are in the water, undocked, with full containers on them. You have 21 million containers of goods. Of, I, I don't know, everything from maybe lawn chairs to, I don't know, Kardashian clothing, makeup. Uh, I would assume not food because the shit would have gone bad unless it's not perishables. Um, but it, it, like I said, it's because the stuff's not getting unloaded. Because, you know, unions control these ports. Uh, some of them aren't working, or they're only working so many shifts. You know, same old rigmarole everywhere. Where we're only going to do the bare minimum because that's the world we live in now. But you you see it, you see it. I mean, like even at the, in the, at the grocery level, you know. And I think we've all seen the price of food go up. Uh, I was thinking the other day we were we were shopping, and you know, there's a grocery store we go to, and they have this amazing pulled pork that they make in their deli. It's usually like five ninety nine a pound. It was nine ninety nine a pound. And I didn't care. I didn't think about it until after. I was like, "Wow, that's that doesn't seem right." But whatever. Um, and there's, you know, you you're going down the aisles, and there's none of that. Like I love Ortega mild taco sauce. Dude, Walmart has not had this stuff in forever. Or they get the little bottles. That's like good for like three tacos. Uh, so today I was out. I saw some of the big bottles, and I bu- like I buy them every time I see them. You know, because it's, like, my taco sauce, my ketchup, my a I'm, like, a sauce addict. I don't know if we've ever, not, like, just the sauce that's in my glass tonight. But, like, I love ketchup. I love marinara. Uh, A1. Um, buffalo sauce. My taco sauce. Like, I'm a food, I, I drown my food. It's probably half of, like, my bad calories and sugar and stuff comes from condiments. I'm the guy that wants extra sauce on the pizza, tons of sauce in my pasta. It's just, it's got to be, like, some kind of, like, thing, you know, like how people are afraid of spiders or chew on their mattresses or whatever. Maybe MTV should do one of those real life, I love lots of sauce. But anyways, you know, and it's just crazy because, like, this whole crisis, this shortage, it's engineered, I mean, they allowed it to happen. It's not like the things don't exist. The things just aren't getting where they need to be to be sold. They're there. They're made. They're created. Um, You know, it's just they're they're in no hurry to allocate them or to fill the stores. And it's weird because you would think, I mean, I guess Walmart, Amazon, they're not going broke anyways. Um, You know, by not getting all this stuff out there, all it does is drive up the price you know, it makes rich people even richer, um, and it kind of leaves, every, leaves everyone else to kind of scramble and predict and budget their current, you know, your current and future needs, you know, like I said, I, you know, I usually would buy one thing of taco sauce. I almost bought five, but I was like, okay, my wife's going to be like, what is the matter with you? You know, we have like a little pantry thing downstairs where we put 4 we were joking today, we're like, wow, we really should fill this, you know, it's getting kind of bare, um, you know, and, and I think a lot of what we've seen in the last couple of years is really just everything's kind of been orchestrated to a, about extending the wealth of those who were already hoarding most of the wealth anyways. You know, like Amazon, Walmart, big, big farmer. They've all only gotten richer during this whole pandemic. Um, so in a way, if you think about it, maybe Democrats were honest about being pro-wealth distribution. They just omitted the part where they were going to distribute more of it to the wealthy and not to everyone else, while claiming that that's all the Republicans do. When you look at it, the Democrats have made a ton of billionaires in the last year, most of them in Big Pharma. Um, And I'm not pro-wealth distribution by any means. I'm just simply explaining this is what they campaigned on versus what's actually taking place. And so... You know, it's going to be very hard for small business, because I don't know who understands business. you got to look at it. You're Walmart. Walmart sells, um, they sell Ziploc bags, so they buy them from Ziploc. Think of how many Walmart stores there are, how big each one of those stores are, plus their distribution and storage centers. They can buy a lot of those Ziploc bags. They get them really cheap because Ziploc's going to sell them 25 million of them, say. Mom and Pop Grocery, that maybe they have three stores in a state and that's it. They're not buying the same amount of those. So they're going to probably pay double or triple the price, Walmart, is if they're lucky. So then when they pass that cost on to you, you you may be less likely to buy it from them, and and I get it because everyone got maybe gotten a little bit of a pinch there for a while with shutdowns and this and that, and those small businesses really took it on the chin because they don't have the buying power that the large companies, you know, places like Walmart, Lowe's, uh, Target, you know, your big chains, they sell some items at a loss, like they sell it less than what they pay for it. Because they get to write it off because they sell so much of it. It's called like a loss leader. Um, So they look for items that they can do this with every year to make their tax income tax more manageable. And that's that's the cost of doing business, I guess. You know, you also have to look at if you're Ziploc and you're selling to Walmart and you're like, "Eh, no, you should. We're going to charge you this. Walmart can be like, well. No, because if you don't sell the Walmart, well, your product is in that few... I mean, think, there's a Walmart every five minutes. So then you're going to risk not having your product there, and the next guy is going gonna, is gonna to bend over and give them that price. It would take everyone saying, yeah, no, you're not going to screw me for the playing field to be more level. But that's just my opinion on any of that. Like I said, it doesn't mean I'm right, wrong, or... That's just that's that's how I see it from my years of running a business and seeing the ins and outs and things and how you know when things change when things evolve when time you know the economy starts to slow and you know it it it's crazy and I still don't think we've seen the worst of it but um so we talk about all the time how, like, ideas for what I talk about on here literally come to me through music, music usually, music, TV, or whatever. I hear something or something comes up, and I'm like, ah, that would be funny to talk about. Or it, like, gets me down a rabbit hole of something else. Um, So the other night I was driving, and uh, back-to-back songs came on my playlist. Um, I honestly, 99% of the time when I'm in my car listen to my Apple music, like, on my phone. Like, I'm so out of touch with the radio. Like, there's a morning show I listen to sometimes when I drive to work. Um, you know, and, and I did say I only do that maybe 70 or 25% of the time. Usually it's I just plug my phone in and I let my Apple music go, which Apple music is amazing. I know it sounds terrible because here I am pushing Apple, who's probably one of the big devils, but... Just what you get for what you, like, you have access to everything. Um, and it got me thinking when I was thinking about playlists and talking about this. It's like, does anyone really listen to the radio anymore? I know, like, there's sports radio and talk radio and, like, like some people get into that. But, like, when you're on a trip or you're driving, I used to be a thing for me when I traveled that, um, you know, when I, I, I did a lot of traveling by myself. I, I would listen to a radio. I'd like to find something where they, uh, not just like Delilah or something, but uh, where there's someone talk. It's interactive, you know. And they're like, oh, tonight we're going to blah, 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 or you find some news radio and they're talking about whatever and you find yourself arguing with them. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I never, the last time I would say I was, you know, kind of maybe more listening to radio than play, it was satellite radio. You know, like when you get your car, they give you like the free three months. And then I think for about a year or so, when I was driving, you know, an hour, one way to work there for a couple of years, it made sense. You know, I'd listen to, I'd listen to like Mike and Mike before that went away. Um, you know, the bus busted open on serious. I don't know, the fight channel, uh, lithium, which would have, you know, 90s grunge music or 80s. There's satellite radio is awesome. I love it. It Just you know, it gets expensive. It really doesn't. But every three to six months, you have to call and act like you're going to cancel, and then they give you a better deal. That so, if you've never done that and you're paying like forty dollars a month, you're a fool. You can get it for five dollars a month if you set your alarm to remind yourself to call and start haggling with them on these days. But anyways, um, yeah, I just so I'm in my car and music's playing and flash by Queen came on. Some of you are like, what? Uh, From the film Flash Gordon. I think it was released in 1980. Sam J. Jones was in it. Max von Sydow, who was actually in The Exorcist. So he was a huge name. Um, It's this sci-fi cheese flick based on the comic book. It honestly was like one of my favorite films as a kid. I I saw it again a few years ago, and I was like, oh my God. Like, like, this is terrible. You know, it was like, from the, the cheesy-ass lines to the, the acting, the set design, the special effects, which were special, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and even a few years back, in the original Ted movie with Mark Wahlberg and, uh, what's his name, the Family Guy guy, Seth, whatever... Um, they the film and sam j jones got a bit of a revival as they were like obsessed with the film and the actor in the ted movie and i think they like meet him at a party or snort some cocaine with him or something but if you haven't seen it i don't even know what platform it's on i don't think it's on netflix or, or it's probably one of those you have to like buy for like 99 cents on amazon prime i'm going to try to find a blu-ray copy of it that's going to be my what I'm going to do tomorrow while I'm watching the Packer game. Hopefully they're not fucking losing. Okay, any of my Tennessee fans out there, did, did you guys think we were in that for a bit? Like, when it was 21-14 half to I know I just totally changed gears. With Alabama, like, I was like, holy cow, we're, like, in it. And then once the, you know, we kicked a field goal, then Alabama kicked a field goal, then they, once they scored the touchdown to make it 31, I was like, okay, this game's over. And I did, cannot believe we gave up 28 points in the fourth quarter. But anyways. So, yeah, it got me thinking about, like, old movies and, like, sometimes, you know, how they hold up. And, and you still love them. Like, you know, you watch them. Like, even if you watch the original Star Wars movies, you can see some of the I mean, the Star Wars movies are hokey to start with, but you see some of the hokeyness in the original movies versus, you know, the stuff that comes up comes out now. This was going to be the opportunity where I would talk with my co-host and say, hey, what old movies do you like? You know, or what kind of movies can you, you think about that you were like, oh, my God, every time it came on, you got so excited, and now you look at it, and you're like, oh, my God. You know, even as a kid, I loved The Wizard of Oz, which I think still holds up. As a movie, it's just really long, and it's, you know, I don't know. But, like, that, I always remember, like, times of the year, I always felt like it would come on around Easter or something that would just be on TV. This was before, you know, we had on-demand television and streaming services. I mean, we were fortunate enough to have remote controls, you know, so we didn't have to get up and change the TV. So then, after Flash, which... If you've never heard, like, Flash by Queen, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's just a great song. I, sometimes when I hear it too, I think of, uh, Sh- Shaquille O'Neal, when he did an interview and he was like, Shaq, ah, da-da, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just kinda gotta, you know, for the, I'll, I'll, play a bit of it for you, but it's, it's, you know, it's cheesy and honestly I think the song is a lot of this and then there's just like some quotes from the movies played in with it but um, it's, it's a great song so you know I'm laughing and thinking about the Flash Gordon movie as I'm driving and then the next song comes on and you know, I still I love the Flash Gordon movie and I appreciate it. But this next movie comes out, I'm like, dude, this movie is so badass. And I think a lot of people appreciate this movie, they just don't talk about it. But um, when you hear this, if you know, you know, Breaker 1-9, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, big fan, come on. Oh yeah, 10-4, big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to flag town, come on. Yeah, it's a big 10 there, Big many. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy Sakes Alive looks like we've got us a convoy. It was the dark, the moon, and the 6th of June. That's what I always think about. But uh, that is the song Convoy by C.W. McCall, which he kind of does the song like he's a trucker talking on its CB, CB radios, where I guess what people used before cell phones. You know, they would go car to car, um, I think a lot of the truckers still use them. I don't know. But uh, the movie was made in 1977. Uh, Chris Christopherson was in it. Chris Christopherson's a huge, you know, is a star. He was in A Star is Born. He was one of the highwaymen with Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, uh, and Willie Nelson. Uh, the guy's got a ton of movies under his credit. He was actually in, uh, I believe he was in the original Blade movie or he was in the sequel. Um but it's about trucker. I honestly don't know what the premise is. I think maybe they think they're being charged too much for tolls or the police are giving them too many tickets. And so there's just this huge line of trucks, a convoy and they're just driving across the country and they want to stop them with like the national guard and everything else. Um, you know the main Chris Christopherson's character was like the rubber duck, is what what his call sign I guess was. Uh, Pauly from the Rocky movies, Burt Young, he's in it. Um, I believe Ernest Borgnine was actually the uh, sheriff. Uh, you know, he kind of had that Smokey and the Bandit feel, where it was kind of like this one sheriff had this vendetta, and it kind of went from there. But um, I, I, you know, another story about um, this movie is like, I I, seriously, I love this movie. I can't even tell you the last time I saw it, but, um, I loved it as a kid. I love it as an adult. I remember this would have been 95, 96, maybe 97. Um, when I was in college, we were living on East 20th street. I think it was and, we, you know, we're getting ready to go out for the night. You know, you go out on Thursday night or Friday night or whatever, and the TV's on. I remember we walked by, and I was like, whoa, Convoy's on. And then one of the other guys was like, hey, did you say Convoy? So, like, we ended up staying in, ordering some Papa John's pizza, not, like, just shitting on our plans. And we sat, ordered <laughs> pizza, and watched Convoy. And... Oh, it was one of the best nights ever, because it was kind of like something we all loved, but until that point, none of us had knew that we all loved that freaking movie. So, add that to your must-see list, Convoy. Surely, I hope over the course of the year we've been doing this, you guys have watched some of the movies I've talked to you about, because they're good. They're going to help you build character, and they'll make you better people, especially Convoy. Seriously, though, Convoy is amazing. I'll... I'll let you pass on skipping Flash Gordon, but you have to see Convoy, if you can find it anywhere. And if you do find it somewhere, send me a message and let me know where it's streaming. So anyways, the FBI uh, apparently confirmed that the, uh, confirmed the remains they found, or partial remains or whatever, were that of Brian Laundrie, the guy who is suspected of killing his girlfriend, fiance Gabby Pedigo. You know this—the missing white girl story—it's been going on forever. Seems like it's a story that wouldn't end. It's like the media wants to just keep telling us the story over and over again. The remains were found in the Maya um, Myakach- Myak- Kahachi Creek Environmental Park in Northport, Florida. I'm going to say that's an Indian name, um, not Northport. But um, his remains were found near some belongings. That his parents would I identify as his, and here here's a strange twist to this whole fucking saga. This thing's been strange from day one. Um, it was it would appear it was his parents that actually led investigators to the area where the remains were found. Like, I mean, I know there's probably more they're not telling us, but like like that's a head scratcher. So the whole country dog the bounty hunter the FBI and everybody's looking for this guy I don't know what over a month and his parents just stroll out and find him like across town like come on like I'm not buying it I mean I I, I throw shade at me all you want I get it like your kid did so yeah oh my god you shouldn't kill but like that's your kid you're gonna help him like I until you're in their position don't judge them because I think a lot of us would find that we're not as righteous as we think. And at the end of the day, you're like, hey, that's my kid. You know, yeah, Brian, you did this. Day. I'm going to help you get out of here. I'm not saying they killed him. I'm saying, yeah, they probably knew where he was. And anyone who thinks, you know, and so what? They didn't, qu- I mean, she's dead. What does it matter? Maybe they knew he was going to kill him. So I, I don't know. But um, apparently the area where he'd, he'd been found, it had been searched for weeks. Um, it was underwater, like, I guess it was knee to waist deep until, like, very recently, but, like, everything I've read has said cadaver dogs would still have sniffed that out. So, I don't know, I, I I find it troubling, like I said, I think the whole thing is kind of, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, like I said, I don't know what this reason is, um... But I guess you look at it like this is now we're never going to know the how. Oh, I mean, I guess we know the how she was strangled. But the whole why and what happened before her death and shortly after. I mean, she was found in Wyoming. His remains are found in Florida. It just seems like there's a whole lot of work that went into all that, you know, and And I guess that story dies with the both of them, you know, unless his parents know something or maybe they're going to find some journal somewhere or whatever. I mean, I never understood why the story got so much attention in the first place, but I think it was, like I said, a distraction from everything else going on in the world. It kind of took our attention away from Afghanistan, which we don't even talk about anymore. There's still people over there, by the way. Um... But, like, when this story, when you first saw this story, is this conclusion any different how you thought it was than it was going to be? She's dead. You, we all knew that day one. He killed her. More than likely, although I guess we'll never know because he's dead. And if he has remained, I don't know all the CSI-ness that goes in. I know mean, is that a word? That goes into trying to figure that out. Um, but, like, It was kind of like, yeah, we've seen this one before. You know, it's kind of like the whole Chris Watts thing. Maybe not as morbid because that guy killed his kids and then lied about it and then did all this other shit, so there's a special place in hell for that guy. But, um, you know, it's the conclusion we all suspected. Like, at least anyone I talked to. Like, were there any of you out there that thought, oh, no, we're going to find her. She's just roaming around out in the West somewhere. No. Or that... They would find him, and I was like, "They're either not going to find him, or he's dead." Those were the two options. I knew he wasn't going to be arrested. He wasn't like, "There's no surprises." I mean, we know the story, but yeah, that's that's all I got for you tonight. I apologize again for the uh, technical difficulties we were having. With the, uh, with the with our guests being on, probably would have made for, wow, because this show is pushing 40 minutes, probably would have made for an over an hour show, I would think. But uh, we're going to get that fixed. We're going to work on it. You guys may just have to put up with just me for a couple more weeks in this freshly cracked open bottle of strawberry lemonade whiskey from Old Smokey. I'm waiting for them to give me an endorsement deal and sponsor my show, but... I know it's probably too offensive. Um, but yeah, check, check out the merch site. Uh, we added a lot of let's go Brandon stuff on there. There's some of the mean tweets, 2024 stuff. You guys have been buying stuff like crazy. So it's, it's, it's doing really well. Uh, our downloads are growing, which is awesome. I appreciate all the listeners more and more. Um, even the ones that listen to Dave Matthews and drink white claw. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for you guys tonight. Uh, if you're anywhere in the Midwest, stay warm. Our, our heat's actually been on for like three or four days and whatever. It, it's been like in the third. There was frost on the deck the other night and I almost slipped. So it is really, it's real cold. It's not like Florida cold here. But that's all I got tonight. Uh, everyone have a great weekend. Have a great week. And uh, we'll see you next week.